I've told him, I said, well, the first day after I retired was my wife and I, you know, we kind of hung around the house and we did some things and, you know, things went pretty, pretty well. I said, and then the next day, our daughter comes and said that, you know, she had three kids and she, they were all going to different sporting activities and stuff like that. And she says, can you help us, you know, help me, help me to get them to the different events? So, uh, Bridger was the youngest one and she says, can you, uh, I'll meet you at the ball field. And uh, if you can take Bridger, I'll take the other two, and, or the other one of them anyway, to another sports event. So we took um, Bridger and Bristol, the middle child. But anyway, we pulled up to the, to the ball field in the car, and we just pulled up, and our daughter pulled up in, in her car, and I rolled the window down, and we were talking, communicating, and she said, well, I'm going to leave Bridger here and, and Bristol here, and I need to take Brenda over to the other field, so... I said, okay, we can do that, you know, so got out of the car and we went over to the T-ball field and Bridger was playing around and, you know, 45, you know, 45, it was about an hour later, you know, we were watching and then um, my wife said, well, I need the keys to the car to take uh, Bristol over to the other field and I, so I reached in my pockets and I was grabbing for my keys and I said, I don't have the keys, in, I don't have them. And she says, well, okay. I said, well, I must have left them in the car. And uh, so she went over to the car, and she called me back. She says, you not only left the keys in the car, but you left the car running, too. <laughs> so you don't want to hear about day three of retirement, you know. It's just kind of like all down here after that, you know. So, uh, But it's been great. I get to travel around for the home, and, and my heart's with the home, and and working with kids, and it's just been a joy. So, um, let me get the. Here we go. Absenteeism of fathers in today's society. I did speak, I uh, used this before. I don't know, how many of you have heard me speak on this before? Anybody here? Okay. This is something that I have seen over, over the years working with children, but I want you to stop and think in regards to, you know, I'm going to share a little bit in regards to what our. Who, who comes into our care, into the children's home? What's the background? Where, you know, most of all come from s- single parents. And it's usually mom. Mom is calling up. Can you save my child? I don't know what to do. Mom doesn't have the emotional support, doesn't have financial support, doesn't have the parenting skills. She's in a state of crisis. And you can imagine where the child comes in in regards to the uh, brokenness, in regards to what they've gone through. You know, they're scared. They're afraid. Uh, they're angry. All of them are angry because, uh, you know, I'm going to say 99.9% come from broken homes. And I'm going to say probably about 95% of the time fathers are not involved with their kids. And mom is trying to struggle and do the best that she can in regards to caring for the child, but, you know, also is in a state of, uh, of, of crisis. So, so why are fathers important? You know, you take a look at that, you know, for, uh, it's important for them to develop socially, psychologically, and definitely spiritually. Fathers are a key factor in all of that. Children need a dad to be the anchor and the one that really stabilizes them in their life. Moms are important. I'm not going to minimize moms. That's a whole other topic. But fathers are so key and important in regards to stabilizing the child. <coughs> Excuse me. The U.S. Census Bureau said 43% of the U.S. children live without a father. 
You know, it's interesting that more and more studies are coming out in regards to psychology, contemporary psychologists who are documenting the need for fathers. But you never hear about that in the news, do we? You know, one of the things I think the news, we're always doing, dealing with the symptoms, not the root. And I would say the root of most of the problems that children are struggling with, it comes from the father, from what I've recognized. David Frankenhorn, uh, head from the founder of the president of the Institute of American Values, states, never have so many children grown up without knowing what it means to have a father. Fatherlessness is the most harmful demographic trend of this generation. It's the leading cause of the declining of a child's well-being and likely cha- will change the s- shape of our society. I think we're seeing that. You know, I'm, I know I'm speaking to the choir right now. I mean, in the sense of why are you here? It's because you love your kids. You want them to have spiritual growth. You know, so um, you recognize the importance of what a father offers to the family. You know, there are so many things that a father can justify his absence, but there's just as many consequences that come along from a father not, you know, for what the children have to go through with the absence of a father. <coughs> The, uh, we're just not developing responsible fathers. You know, I, I think with, I think even within the church, but definitely in society, we are not developing responsible fathers. And uh, it's an epidemic. Many fathers don't recognize the importance of their role in raising their children. You know, uh, I think our society, I think the more we move away from God, I think we start seeing that, you know, there's, um, we see that there's a lot of fathers moving away from being the father they need to be. This is one of the things I want to say. Mothers need to let and encourage fathers to be fathers. I should think about that. Because I think that, you know, fathers, you know, there's a lot of fathers that struggle in regards to taking on certain responsibilities for fear of failure. They may not do well, so they don't take it. But, Wives have a really significant role in encouraging the ego of a father, of a man. Uh, and I think that's really important is to allow them to be fathers and encourage them. I'll share a story in regards to a lady that I had, a couple I knew, and they had four daughters. And uh, the, the mother said, I, you know, she, she, I was taking the kids to church all the time, and, and um, the father was not going to church. He was... You know, I, he, he just always allowed mom to do it. And that went on for a while. And then she, the, the mother was telling me, she says, so one day she says, I, Sunday morning came and I just stayed in bed. I didn't get up and I didn't get the girls out to go to church. And uh, my husband nudged her and said, well, hey, why aren't you going to get the kids to go to church, you know? And she says, no. I know the scripture says that the father, the husband, is supposed to be the head of the house and the spiritual leader, and we're going to follow your lead. You can about imagine what he did. He jumped out of bed, and he started going to church. He went on to preaching school after that. I mean, but sometimes we have to wake up in regards to what is our role and how important our spiritual role is for raising our children. 
know, the natural order, I want to say the Bible, you know, really, of the family is for men to have the authority to lead, lead their family. Uh, it's not one of power, but it's, 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 it's one of um, serving. But when a father is gone, it creates a vacuum. And uh, this vacuum is certain to be filled by elsewhere if they uh, do not get their needs met within the family. And there are many gang members and women in the sex industry who came from a strong, who have not, excuse me, there are not many gang members or women in the sex industry who came from a strong dad in place. Uh, I'm going to go through some of the statistics. I have a handout here. I think I forgot to tell everybody here. So uh, maybe I want to hand this out to, to, to fill out or, yeah. So you can fill in the blanks anyway, right? <clears throat> so what are the devastating effects of the absence of a father? Uh, researchers have found that for children, the results are nothing short of disastrous. The consequences will last for generations. And uh, I think our society, I, you know, I think we're very aware in regards to where families uh, are headed and it's going to affect us for generations. So, you know, just, I have a list of things. I have a lot to have you fill out, but I think this is something that you can uh, take home and think about. But Number one, children experience a diminished self-concept. They consistently report feelings of abandonment, of abandonment when the fathers are not involved in their lives. They struggle with emotional emotions of anger and the questions in regards to what did they do or what can they do to, to regain the, the presence of their father. The feelings of abandonment leaves the child unable to trust. Uh, they seek a blessing. They have five times the average suicide rate, and there is a dramatic increase in rates of depression and anxiety. I mean, this pretty much describes what our kids are experiencing when they come into the children's home and when we interview them and what we're working through. But the diminished self-concept. Children have more behavioral problems. Fathers' children have more difficulties with social adjustments and are more likely to report problems with friendships and manifest behavior problems. They develop a facade, a facade to disguise their underlying fears, resentments, anxieties, and unhappiness. 85% of all children who show behavioral disorders come from fatherless uh, homes. That come from the CDC. 85% uh, is a large amount. So. You know, none of us live in a vacuum such that we don't see this in our world. I mean, I think that we see it in our neighborhoods, we see it within our schools in regards to uh, these children who are struggling with the absence of a father. The third one in regards to consequences, they experience more educational problems. Children with absent, fa absent fathers have diff uh, truancy and more academic, poor academic problems. They have uh, more trouble academically, scoring poorly on tests, reading and math, and thinking skills. So this is one of the things that we do at the children's home. We have an underground school to help kids get caught up. And those are the, the, the things that we focus in on. We don't have a lot of extracurricular type things. It's just helping with reading and math and 
in sense structure, grammar, and just and thinking skills because they have not been taught. Uh, they're more likely to be truant, uh, be expelled from schools, leave school at age 16, less likely to attain academic professional qualifications in adulthood. 71% of high school dropouts come from fathers, fatherless homes. That's from the National Principals Association report. Uh, these problems are more psychological and uh, than, than the lack of intelligence. That's one of the things that we see at the, the home is that the kids come in and it's, it's not that they don't have the ability to do it. It's just they have not had a good home environment and the support system for them to learn. Uh, the average improvement that we experience at the children's home is 3.7 grade levels in academic achievement in one year which changes their whole outlook on life from feeling like they're stupid and dumb to, I can do this. I, you may start believing in themselves, but they just have not had a good home environment. <coughs> and again, 71% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. <coughs> you know, in, in Colorado, there's, well, the national average for graduation rate is 74%. In Colorado, in the foster care system, again, that's probably going to be a system where most uh, of the fathers are not involved, uh, 26% graduate from high school that are in the Colorado's the foster care system. The fourth area in regards to that, there's a higher delinquency with uh, youth crime. Children with absent fathers are more likely to be involved in crime. 85% of youth in prison have an absent, absent father. Um, we, were talking, we were talking earlier in regards to she worked in the prison system counseling, and it, it's so true. 85% of youth in prison have, have an absent father. Uh, fifth, the higher rates of promiscuity in teen pregnancy. They are more likely to be sexually involved before age 16. Uh, therefore, thank you. I've been struggling with kind of drainage for weeks. And anyway, I appreciate that. But they are more likely to be sexually involved before age 16 for being, for being growing, uh, contraceptions during the first involvement, becoming teenage parents, contracting sexual transmitted infections, growth, manifest objective hunger for males seeking to fill the emotional loss of their father's rejection of them. 71% of teens have no dads. That's from the Department of Health and Human Services. Um, we see that. I mean, when the kids, the girls come in, especially at the children's home, it's, it's amazing. I, when I walk through... Uh, a cottage or, or the school or whatever it's just amazing it's not only girls but it's guys their eyes are on me I mean and they're seeking a blessing they just want to know are you you know do you recognize me you know are you going to say anything to me they're just seeking that approval and that blessing from a, a male a role model uh, we see that uh, continually Higher rate of substance abuse. Fatherless children are more likely to smoke, drink alcohol, or abuse drugs in childhood and adulthood. When fathers leave or uh, abdicate his role, abandonment issues are often covered by 
substance abuse as an attempt to escape the pain associated with their loss. Um, <coughs> we see that a lot in regards to trying to help them to work through uh, the pain because that leads them off into all kinds of different behaviors that are not appropriate and um, they escape the pain. You know, it's kind of like an alcoholic. You have to keep going back to drink because it it helps them to cover the pain. And uh, we definitely see that. We're, we're all on the preventative end, trying to help them to heal before they become an adult and keep them out of the state system. And that's a lot of what we do at the children's home. So, um, higher rates of homelessness. homelessness, homelessness. 90% of runaway children have an absent father. It is usually seeking to fulfill the vacuum. Seeking central, feel-good decisions and quick fixes, again, to cover the wounds that they, uh, they're struggling with and the loss. Um, more likely to be exploited or abused. <coughs> Father's children are, are greater, at a greater risk of suffering physical, emotional, and sexual abuse. Being five times more likely to have experienced physical abuse, emotional maltreatment, and with a hundred times higher risk of fatal abuse. Uh, there was a recent study that reported that psycho- well, preschoolers not living with both of their biological parents are 40 times more likely to be sexually abused. And we see that in regards to a lot of times there's, uh, when there's uh, stepfathers, you know, stepmothers coming in, there's more higher rate of sexual abuse that uh, these children were exposed to. The next one would be higher rate for physical health problems. They have significant more psychomatic health problems and illness, such as acute and chronic pain, asthma, headaches, and, and stomach aches. Future problems in relationships. Fatherless children tend to enter partnerships earlier, are more likely to divorce or dissolve their cohabiting unions and are more likely to have children outside of marriage. There's a lower average income levels and and job security. They lack self-discipline, long-term planning, and they operate on short-term fixes. Uh, You can start seeing in regards to, if you look out across our society, you can see a lot of people that are struggling and they and they just have not learned the skills that uh, they, they should have in their family and growing up. And again, fathers are just so important in regards to helping them through uh, to learn those skills. And the last one, there's a higher mortality rate. Fatherless children uh, are more likely to die as children and live an average uh, of four years less than their lifespan. So you take a look at this. There's just a lot of uh, consequences of the absence of a father. And, uh, you know, I, I look across here and I see, I see a lot of fathers here that love their children. They're invested in their children. And what a blessing that really is to, to, uh, to your children. Father's abuse may well be the most critical social issue of our times, surpassing race and social class and poverty. It is at an epidemic scale. <clears throat> I've had so many people say, well, you know, 
What do you think's the problem with you know the so many problems that children have? Don't you think it's poverty? I don't have to just have to think. No, you know again that's part of the symptom. Again, if you have fathers that are involved taking the responsibility of what God wants them to to be doing, you eliminate the poverty. You eliminate a lot of the other issues that they're going through. We live in a day in a culture that tries to minimize fathers. How many would agree with that? Yeah. Uh, you know, you just, just turn to the popular <coughs> sitcoms and television today, and uh, how is the father portrayed? Stupid. Stupid. Yeah. I mean, they're minimized. You know, they're, they're the uh, comic relief of the show, aren't they? I mean, they're... they're they receive the jo- you know the jokes are all about them you know and dads are just there but not involved with the, the things of the family and that's what our kids are seeing that's what our adults are seeing in regards to the, to what their role are as far as fathers our side of society wants to address the symptoms things that I just mentioned and not address the root of the problem and that's where I, I struggle with that because I feel like even at the children's home we're dealing with a lot of the symptoms. But we have to, you know, I show a flow chart in regards to wounded spirit, in regards to how, in our counseling, we have to go back to the wound. And we have to address the wound. And when you address the wound, you start seeing all the symptoms start going away. Um, we face a crisis in masculine identity. The weak or absent father cripples both his daughter and his son's ability to achieve their own identity to relate uh, to pos- in positive ways. Fathers are so important to the value of their children. And the Bible has much to say about that. You know, when I mean, you take a look at that in regards to the father's role and the, and the, he- and the heavenly father's role. One of the things that we focus in on in regards to working with the children is trying to help them to f- see what you know, their identity. Because they are confused. They, they don't know what their identity is. And of course, in adolescent years, you... They're working on trying to find their identity. And our society is more than willing to teach them what their identity is, isn't it? And how important it is for a father to, uh, to be a part of the teaching them of their identity. But that's what we find with the children that come into the children's home. They, they have no concept of what their identity is. So, what can fathers do to change these odds? Um, Take a look at um, fathers need to be the spiritual leader. I think that's the number one thing in regards to they have to decide to step up to become the, the, the spiritual leader. First Corinthians 11 3 it says, But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. And of course, then you go to Ephesians 5. 23, and it says, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. You know, I think it's pretty plain in regards to Scripture, in regards to the leadership of the family, spiritually, is the man. The father is supposed to take that role. And, you know, it's just, even fathers that are present, that's the beginning of it. They have to be involved, they have to be invested and that the children to see that. But the father's leadership comes from the foot of the table, not as a dictator, but as a servant. You know, not expecting others to do for him, but 
what he can do for his family. It's a role of self-sacrifice. It's not receiving special privileges. It's a special privilege to serve your children. Um, you know, some some fathers probably take a look at that. Well, I'm supposed to be the head of the household, well, and they can take that down the wrong road in regards to being the dictator. And that's not at all what God wanted. Um, fathers are to be protectors. How many of you ever seen fathers that have said, uh, you know, so and so, not all they better touch my child physically. They're gonna. You know, protect their child, and they'll stand up for their child and protecting them in every way. And you can hear them voice that. But you know, the question I ask: How do you protect your kids spiritually? You know, do we ever stop and think that am I protecting my children from the biggest deceiver in the world, that's Satan, in regards to how he is trying to pull your children into? his realm and take them down the wrong road and you know how much more important it is in the, in, than the physical part of it but how we need to protect our kids spiritually again I feel like I'm taking talking to the choir here because how how are you protecting your kids spiritually well you have them here at the youth rally you you want to feed them spiritual things and this is one of those ways that you can do that and uh, you know, it goes along with this again. A father is to be a provider. I think we all recognize that fathers are known to be you know, providers for their families. You know, we we see that. Uh, and sometimes that's the easier thing for a father. They all go out and get a job, and you're going to provide for your family. But how do you provide for them spiritually? You know, I think sometimes we as men struggle with that in regards to how do we provide the spiritual things for our children. And I, I think that has to be a priority. You know, attending church, I, I think is so important in letting them know where your loyalties are. Your children are not uh, dumb. <laughs> they, they know where your loyalties are. And all I have to do is look at where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your money? And I think in regards to spending time going to church indicates where your loyalties are and how important it is for the father to leave. Just like the example I told you in regards to this uh, mother that stayed home with her, uh, and, and, and you know, her, the fa- father stepped up and once he realized, this is my responsibility, and uh, rather than you know, defaulting to the mom to do it, he took it on. So... Attend church. I think that is so important. Um, Carlos made a comment in regards to something in regards to attending church as a process. Or I can't remember what you said, Carlos. It was, but I, I wanted to get somebody else wanted that same thought in regards to what attending church is. I, it was really great, though. Do you remember what you said? It's a spiritual discipline. I've got it, which I think is so true in regards to it's a spiritual discipline and how important it is to go to church. And because that's, the children see that that's the important thing in your life. It's, it's, it's a role given to fathers by God to do lead in this direction. Uh, the next one, <clears throat> fathers are to provide a vision. Deuteronomy 1, 26, uh, 29-31 says, And I said to you, do not be terrified, do not be afraid of them, 
The Lord your God, who is going before you, will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt. Before your very eyes and in the wilderness, they saw you, uh, they saw how you, how the Lord, uh, your God, carried you through as a father carries his son all the way you went to, until the, uh, you reached this place. You know, it's, it's, I think it's so important part for us as fathers to, to paint that picture of the vision, to provide direction. And, you know, and again, that's part of that, what the children recognizing your, the, where your loyalties are. Share with your children how God works in your life. You know, I, I don't, you know, do you talk about, you know, this is what God did for me today. You know, we've been praying about this. This is how I saw God worked in my life. And how, I think it's so important in regards to them seeing that you have faith and trust in God. And that's painting that vision for children to, to look at and be, to be a part of their life. Help them to feel their birthright. You know, I, I first heard this, I didn't hear it, Bill Golden, I remember, said that. I think when he, when he said his girls were growing up, whatever, you know, he would say, he says, remember who you are and who you are. And you, you, probably many of you have probably heard that, but how important it is in regards to the vision of that you belong to the Lord. And you live for the Lord and He owns you. And it's building on an inherent and natural internal structure. And again, that's the identity. I think that for children to recognize that they do have an identity, and that's the foundation, and that foundation is in the Lord. And it builds confidence for them to have the peace and joy in their life that they need or conduct their behavior and prosperity and level of success. And without that, they fail to realize their full potential. And I think that all of us need to realize what what God wants in us and the full potential that we have if we have faith in God and having God in our lives. Next one is children need to be valued. Psalms 127, 3-5 Children are a heritage from the Lord's offspring, a reward for him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children, born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. You know, the, the King's, King James Version had a little twist on it, and they used children and fruit of the womb, which describes the physical reproduction Heritage is from the Lord, refers to the source of the child's uh, essence of life. And they are a gift from God. Uh, so it's important to spend time with them. Uh, let them know that they are loved and wanted. How important that is um, for children to know that they're valued. Uh, I don't know, how many of you read The Blessing, the book by Gary Smalley and John Chant? I, it is such a great book. There's five different things that you can do to bless your children. And one of them is definitely is attaching high value to your children. And, you know, it's one of the things that I see when I was counseling with, with parents a lot of times, and, and definitely with the children, they're all seeking the blessing. They want to be that loved. They want to be valued. And conveying that value is so important for them to feel that they're valued. And, and conveying not only the Father's value toward them, but also the Heavenly Father's value. Uh, and again, that's part of that identity to know who you are. 
Um, Fathers are to bring children up in integrity. And this is Proverbs 20, verse 7. The righteous man leads a, blame, leads a blameless life. Blessed are his children after him. Um, it's so important for, for the father to teach and to role model godly character traits. Um, they need to be an example to both boys and girls uh, is a reference point. And I, I know I've, when I spoke before as far as girls, how important it is to have a father of integrity. Because when they start going and looking for a mate or a date or whatever, they have a reference point in regards to this is what a father should be like in, in their choices and helping them to, to make a, you know, wise choices in their life, but being that reference point. Practice what you believe. Again, they see where your loyalties are. I heard this other saying one time in regards to this, parents do... What parents do in moderation, children do in excess. I want you to think about that. What parents do in moderation, children will do in excess. If you sell, tell some lies, whatever, somewhat, occasionally, whatever you feel like it, well, it might be in moderation, but children see that, and therefore they give approval in regards to to go farther. Um, there's, you can you can plug in anything in regards to that from um, not attending church. If I attend church occasionally, you know, I or skip it, you know, moderately, well, then then church is not so important where I can skip it. Social drinking might be another one. Well, that's okay. I you know I can do that, but what will I do the next step in regards to excess? So there's a lot of things in regards to. Uh, that we can plug into that. What parents do in moderation, children do in excess. Fathers are to reprove their children. Some of these things probably kind of overlap. You probably gather that. But uh, when I was going through different, but you know, character traits, I just thought this is what fathers need to to, to be doing. But fathers are to reprove their children. Proverbs three eleven says, "My son." Do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves and the Father, the Son, he delights in. Fathers have the right to rule. When I say that, is that pretty strong to say that? You know, I think our society has a hard time saying, you have a right to rule over me, you know what I mean? Because there's some authority issues out in our society. But... Fathers not only have the right to rule, but they have the responsibility to rule. It's a God-given right. It's a God-given responsibility to the father and the parents, you know, for both of them, because they have, uh, it's not because they've learned it, it's just, it's been given, and that's how we need to accept that. You know, some parents I've run across, I don't feel worthy to do that, I don't feel like you can. No, you have been given that right to rule or set structure for your children. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. You know, and that's part of that in regards to um, setting boundaries. I, I have to, you know, I, I have to talk to my grandkids, but, you know, my, my grandson, Bridger, was three. And, uh, he was in the, in the car, and he was sitting in his seat, and, you know, and he would lock the door for my daughter, Abby. 
And, you know, she played with that back and forth, and then he would unlock it, and she would open it, and then, and then it finally got time to, okay, I got to move on. And so he locked it, and she, and she, she said, Bridger, this is not funny anymore. And he responded, well, it's funny to me, you know, so, you know, just the, the, the foolishness, sometimes the kids get into it, and of course at that age you understand that, but you know, they, they don't understand the big picture in regards to responsibility and, and the boundaries that you have, but, you know, it just kind of, there's, a, there's he, he, he's, he's our boy. She was loading up some stuff into a, in, in her car when we hit the garage door open, and he was in the back, uh, over by the garage door, the garage door was going up, and she was putting something in there, and all of a sudden she, she heard this, help, 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 and she looked over there, there he was, hanging on the garage door, you know, after that going up, <laughs> and she went over there, grabbed him, set him down, and he just burst out laughing, just thought that was the greatest thing, you know, so, uh, you know, just a little, uh, we got all kinds of stories about him, you know, he's just always pushing the boundaries, but so just, some of, you, you can't help not laugh about it, but it's just kind of, some of the kind of foolish things, you know, but Hebrews 12, 7 through 8 says, Enduring hardship is discipline. God is treating you as children. For all children are not disciplined by their fathers. If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters of, at all. So you see, I, the question sometimes I, what does illegitimate mean? You know, when you stop and think about that, it's, it's, you don't belong. You know, if you're disciplined, you belong. There is no doubt when I grew up, I knew who I belonged to because my mom and dad's eyes were on me in regards to what I was doing. They weren't worrying about other kids. They were worrying about, was I doing what I needed to be doing? So you know that you belong if you're disciplined. We need to, fathers need to train self-discipline and need to teach responsibility. And that's teaching godly character traits. It is in a child's best interest to learn right from wrong as well as to develop self-control over a self-centered nature. Loving parents will therefore train a child for his own benefit. And of course it's benefit of the parent, but definitely benefit for the kid. Um, this is something I'll throw in here and then touch on it again. The children who roughhouse with their fathers learn that biting, kicking, and other forms of physical violence are not acceptable. They learn self-control by being told enough is enough and learn it to settle down. And again, that's part of that discipline is teaching them boundaries. And you, know, this, you can do this, but okay, you can't go any farther than that. So it's setting boundaries and how important it is to discipline your children. Next one is fathers are to exhort. First Thessalonians two eleven through twelve. You have known that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging and comforting and urging you to live lives worthy of God, who calls you into his kingdom and glory. You know, fathers love differently than moms, you know, it's, and uh, and probably exhort in different ways. You want to push your child and encourage them to go in, in certain ways. But fathers play differently. They tickle more, they wrestle more, they throw their children up in the air. How many fathers do that? No? Oh, yeah. And you know, you, you, you see moms doing that too much, you know, but if dads do that, fathers encourage their kids more to swing or climb higher 
you know, the Father's going to identify with us. Ride their bikes just a little faster, throw just a little harder without, you know, considering the risks. I mean, uh, Father's just kind of pushing some of that. You know, then you have to take a look at, well, who's encouraging the kids to be more careful? Moms, you know, moms protect, and dads tend to push for the, push the limits for their kids. But both girls and boys learn healthy balance between timidity and aggression. Uh, either parent's style of themselves can be unhealthy. Together, they uh, help children remain safe while experiencing their experiences and increasing their confidence. Uh, giving words of affirmation. That's another one in regards to exhorting is to just words of affirmation. That's part of the blessing book. And just picturing a special future for them. I don't know, how many of you as adults even have people come up to you and picture a special uh, future for you? You know, I just remember some people in my life that just said, you know, Randy, I can really see you doing that. And sometimes I sit there and think, really? You know, my wife told me the other day, not my wife, but my daughter said, you are just, you are just positive about everything. And I said, really? I, I didn't even think of that. And it's just where I live. And, but it was just kind of a, that's interesting. And so I've kind of reframed some of my thinking in regards, yeah, but I'm more positive than, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not negative in that sense. So it's, it's just reaffirming, you know, your, your child in regards to painting uh, a future for them that they can, that the way you see, you know, where they can go. Fathers are to teach and train their children. Am I too far, too far behind? I'm back. Oh, there we go. I jumped ahead, didn't I? Uh, Proverbs 4, 1 through 4. Hear, sons, thy father's instruction, and be attentive, that you might gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son, my father, uh, a tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, Let your heart hold fast to my words and keep my commandments and live. And the fact that God has entrusted fathers and mothers to uh, with his creation makes us accountable to him for the gift that he has given us with children. You know, and then Deuteronomy 6, 6, you know, the uh, 6 and 7, These commandments that I give to you are to be on your hearts. Impress them in your, on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, uh, when you lie down and when you get up. What's the difference between teaching and training? You think about that. You know, you can, you can train an employee or you can teach them but you want to train them so that they repeat and can do what you haven't set out to. I, I had another example in regards to, you know, you, a dog, you can teach certain things, but training is another step in regards to they carry out what your teaching is. And I think how important it is for us to not only teach children, but we need to be training them in the Lord. So, um, now, fathers are to be worthy of honor. <clears throat> Ephesians 6, 2 through 4. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Um, parents can instill 
the concept of honor and respect for, for their position. They, they may not like sometimes what the parents do, uh, what limitations they may say, but it's important for them to honor their parents. By requiring is by requiring the children to speak to them with with respect and courtesy. I think that's very important. That's not something that our society kind of does very much. I think we run into a lot of kids that just have not been taught to respect um, authority and honor authority. Fathers need to show respect. They need to show respect and dignity so that the children will want to follow them. I think that's very, very important. Uh, fathers need to be worthy of honor and reverent and be respected. Uh, it's a God-given position. Again, I want to say God has given you that position as a father to be in that role. And, uh, but it carries a lot of responsibility. Well, the last one that I want to mention in regards to is fathers need to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Uh, I think we're all kind of familiar with this, but Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Now I have to take a look at uh, the children who come into the children's home from broken homes. Um, and you just see where the absence of the father uh, in, the, in the relationship, you know. Uh, it's role modeling that God's plan for a marriage and his relationship, you know. I, I think that's so crucial and it's one of the foundational things for children to grow up into is a strong marriage family, uh, relationship of, between the father and the mother. And the father is to lead. You know, that's his responsibility. And, you know, when you take a look at it, the husband has a greater responsibility toward his wife than what the wife has to the husband. And the husband is instructed as you are to love your wife as Christ loved the church. What did Christ do for the church? He was willing to die on the cross for, for, uh, for us. And you take a look at regards to how many wives would not like their husband to love them so much that they would be willing to do that. And what that would do for the wife in regards to her honor and love back toward her husband. And I, uh, you know, mothers have a responsibility also, but the fathers have the largest responsibility in in leading the marriage. One of the things that I see that it teaches children how the marriage relationship and the love between the husband and the wife is in the marriage relationship and what a blessing that is. And one of the things that I see that it gives uh, children the security that they need to grow up in. They have a stable home and know who, who they are and whose they are. I mean, that even goes on farther to, to God. We belong to God. But children need their fathers. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And I think our society is kind of just ruining that and say, you know, definitely some of the women's uh, movements in regards to, you know, fathers are not important, but they are, are important. And I think we can recognize that we live in a very confused world. And I think that's, that's 
begins for the root of the problem and we're running into all kinds of symptom pro- you know, issues that stem from that. And our children really need identity. And they get that identity by growing up in a healthy family and and knowing that God is, is a key part of that. So, I had one more last slide. Okay. Uh, the last one, I won't know what happened there, but I... Anyway, only dads can change these odds that I've talked about. Oh, there we go. Something got right there. Okay, it doesn't have that last one. Oh, no, only dads can change the odds that I mentioned in regards to all the consequences that come from not having a father in the, in the family. So, um, I hope this helps to bring about some awareness you know, this is definitely something that we deal with within the children's home. And we see that every day in regards to... Uh, in 2019, we had a 1,000 people calling in wanting help for their children. Um, 500 of them were way beyond the scope of what we could do, but the need is out there, and it's... I've been in child care for 42 years, and and uh, it's just it's not getting better. It's getting worse, so... Thank you for your time, and I hope this is helpful for us as fathers to really focus in on, on knowing what our role is and what God expects of us for our children. Thank you.